welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, let's talk about Binance today because personally, I was affected by the ban in Ontario and everywhere I turn, I see Binance is getting banned in UK. It's getting banned in Cayman Islands. Have you heard about this? What's going on? Can you share some info and thoughts on that? So I've been looking around and it seems that it's a growing concern where Binance has not been meeting some regulatory requirements or documentations of some sort with different countries around the world. Ontario is one of them. And the next big one seems to be the United Kingdom. Having said that, the trading hasn't been banned in the UK. They mentioned that Binance Markets Limited, which is different than Binance Inc., is no longer authorized to perform any legal activities within the UK. So if you have a Binance account and you live in the UK, it seems that you can still trade using your Binance account. You can still trade cryptocurrencies. But having said that, they still have to have some sort of disclaimer that's quite clear on some pages of the website or their trading platform for those UK holders to trade. So it just informs them that Binance Markets Limited is not authorized to perform any legal activities within the country and so on. Yeah, I did read something. It's about the securities exchange, like the SEC in the US. And I actually reached out to them to try and get some info and see if they wanted to come on air, but they declined. So it looks like we have compliance in one hand and we have innovation in another. This is a common theme. We've seen it with Uber getting banned. We've seen Airbnb getting banned in places. and. I think every area is more nuanced, but there's two sides. There's protectionism when it comes to regulation. So is a business who's highly capitalized going to essentially take advantage of the common person where people may invest their life savings and all of a sudden have their money disappear? There's a reason why financial regulation exists. So you don't walk into a TD bank and they take your money or they give you a bad investment. Regulation in general has positives. It has things that are there to not let the uninformed get taken for a ride. And on the flip side, it can hold people back. I love Uber. I don't use it all the time, but it's a cool service. It opens up disruption for traditional monopolies in things like cab medallions and Canadian cell phone companies are famous for overcharging dollars per month per data. We really pay much more than the rest of the world in general. So these kinds of things are a problem. And disruption is not always easy. You have companies like Shaw trying to come into Canada. They get lobbied out by the three big telcos. I guess it's Bell, Rogers, TELUS. And all these new companies get bought up. So this group of companies really just keeps price fixing. And whether you want to call it that or not, the fact that we have no competition at those prices even though the technology is there, is a clear sign of something wrong. Now, Starlink, for example, there's rumors of them IPOing. So Elon Musk's satellite company is going to branch into an internet service provider, 4,000 satellites to give you broadband anywhere around the world, especially in remote areas, in areas where you don't have infrastructure. I decided to not sign up. It was like $500 for equipment plus $99 a month for slower service than I have now. So I won't jump on the train. But 
it's a cool idea. I think it's innovative. And over time, that's only going to get better. And what happens when those prices come down? When a business can cover its fixed costs and operating costs. So how much does it cost to launch these satellites, to maintain them, keep them running, talking to each other? Once you pass that threshold, all you do is make profit besides salaries. All of a sudden, you can reinvest in the business and you can cut prices. And part of Tesla's success was fixed margins, 20, 25%. And they do everything to out-innovate themselves to cut prices. And they get the price of a Roadster from 100,000 US to a Model S at 60, and then a Model 3 at, let's say, 30. And these are milestone prices. The average selling price is much higher. So someone might get a $40,000 Model 3, but that's missing the point, is the average curve is dropping. And I've said this before, Apple at whatever margins they make for such a good product is their choice. There's a reason why the demand is so high because the product is so good. When it comes down to innovation, I think regulating out a better product is a bad decision. This type of argument is always used to protect the incumbents and people want to use fear and just to keep the status quo. And I don't like that. I think there should be an honest conversation about this. I didn't hear anything brought up in the public before this ban happened. I think if it comes to what I believe is a utility and public service, so anything internet related, especially where you have a chance to make side income in crypto investing. So Binance is known for some of these coins that you won't find on Coinbase or CoinSquare in Canada. So it has a lot of these niche coins that could appreciate in value. And Binance itself, we've talked about them. They've got some innovative features. You can lend and borrow money. You can trade options. No other crypto exchange is doing that. So this is my point. Innovation's high and now they're banned. Why is there not a conversation is what I'm trying to say. That's a brilliant point because even though there might be a solid reason for the ban, like you mentioned, neither party is clear about it. Binance themselves have tweeted about the UK ban. We are aware of the recent reports about an FCA UK notice in relation to Binance Markets Limited. Binance Markets Limited is a separate legal entity and does not offer any products or services via the Binance.com website. So it goes on, but basically they're saying that they do take their compliance obligations very seriously and that you're still able to trade and so on and so forth. It seems that some of the news outlets are trying to reach Binance and get clarification on why the ban has happened. They're not getting a clear answer. And from the regulatory kind of side, the FCA in the United Kingdom, they are just saying they're not meeting some form requirements that they needed to fill that had to do with anti-money laundering. So a clear conversation is absolutely needed. The reason I moved to Binance, Binance is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange in volume. There's a lot of volume that goes through Binance. They uh, offer a lot of these crypto products and services as well. And I've switched to Binance because of the convenience. They have a lot more cryptocurrencies on hand than the crypto broker that I initially started with. So it just became significantly more convenient for me to use them. Having this happen, okay, there might be definitely a good reason for it, but there might not be. Maybe you have a solid conversation on why that is, as opposed to just, this is banned, you can't trade with Binance anymore, the end. That seems to be a bit abrupt and inconvenient. I'm wondering what happened, if you don't mind sharing with us, what happened with your account? Did you just withdraw whatever you had in there or 
if there are any extra fees that you had to incur, or do you have a time frame for it? I think it's till the end of the year that you have, if I'm not mistaken. So there's that. And also, I heard a few days ago that in the UK, you weren't able to either deposit funds or withdraw funds in a British sterling pound through the Binance platform. So if you wanted to do that, you had to basically transfer your holdings, whatever coins you have in Binance to perhaps another crypto exchange or a wallet. And then from there, you can withdraw your funds through the other exchange and pay the fees that come along with that. So it is quite the inconvenience, not having it very, very clear on why that is. And I can't seem to find any solid information, anything that tells us clear cut, why is this happening? Yeah. So when it comes to the Ontario side, I ended up divesting pretty quickly. So I had some holdings in some BNB, which is Binance coin. I had some Bitcoin. I had some smaller coins. And what I did was, as I was exploring some of these new ones through things like Trust Wallet, I could interchange them. So you take the address of that specific coin between platforms. So Trust Wallet versus Binance. And then you do like a send and receive transaction, almost like sending an email. You go into Trust Wallet and you say, what's my receiving address? Then you put it into Binance and you say send. The biggest challenge with making crypto mainstream is that fees just get so, so high. There is a cost. If you have $100 in crypto, you could be spending a big percentage of that in fees. And as I said, some of these fees will be $10, $20 to send, sometimes more to move your money. These coins are not designed to be as free-flowing as they were in concept. and we won't go into detail why or how to solve this. I think there are some cool technologies like Ethereum 2.0, Lightning Network for Bitcoin, if you want to research that. I'm seeing all over the news things like people getting evicted from their homes, which is I'm not trying to give an analogy that this is anywhere as bad as that. But it's a decision by the government to decide where my money goes, how I spend it. So what happened was, I think my sheep, I went to look at my trust wallet. Where's my coins? I had like $50 or something small in there. And at the end of the day, now I don't have coins because they all went to fees. So that was a fruitless endeavor. And if regulation is to protect, why did I lose all my coins trying to adhere to regulation, which is the new banning? So that was not the right outcome. To me, that's a conflict of interest. People always talk about Bitcoin being used for money laundering. So is the US dollar. That's the dollar of choice around the world. So there's no difference. It's just spinning a narrative. And at the end of the day, if I were to press this through the Supreme Court, like I may go to the head of the finance industry in Ontario and say, this costs me my coins. I want to be made whole. So maybe I send them an email or a letter saying, this regulation cost me these coins. And at the end of the day, if regulations there to solve problems, not cause problems, I think this will help shed to light why and what to do. So I may explore that because there was a true loss to me in that case. So the purpose of crypto in itself to be decentralized is to not be impacted by government. And the one thing I will say is that as soon as you hit an exchange, which is a legal entity, you are a platform, you can be banned, exchanges can be banned, Bitcoin cannot. So you could download the open source code and the software for Bitcoin that lets you buy and store. So how people got these was through mining, it was free, less the cost of electricity, and it was in abundance. This is how people became wealthy and became this philosophical ideology of anti-government and stay away from my money. I've heard stories of 
Greece taking half of people's savings, government putting their hands in things. It happens sometimes for the better. I think, Cal, you told me a story where government pays debt and under a surplus in the Gulf region. And I always use the analogy of politics, which is people vote for what has the biggest impact to them. So when I vote, I look at things like entrepreneurship. I look at building Ontario, what's going to have the biggest outsized return, because I think this is where the value is, the innovation. Innovation is what gives us the best outcomes in the world. Government is a safety net. My philosophy is government should be a safety net, but not to the detriment of people. If it's costing me money, I don't think it's a safety net. If it's telling me I can't, then I don't agree. And of course, I don't agree when it affects me personally. I have an interest in Binance. I enjoy the platform. I think it's fantastic. No platform's perfect. As you know, no software's perfect. No phone ecosystem's perfect. There's going to be things that you may not like or may not work, but nothing in life's perfect. Just like government's not perfect. Government can take days and weeks to respond, whereas something like a chat bot service on DoorDash is instant. And these are the kinds of things I keep coming back to because they resonate with me, which is how do you make the world better, not take away from the world? So how do you improve the world? How do you inspire? How do you build up? Creativity is probably the most abundant resource we have in the right circumstance. It's seemingly unlimited. You've got 7 billion people who could be creative. And there's no reason why this person can't come from anywhere. And as we connect the internet to each other and become this ecosystem of shared knowledge and ideas, people who like crypto can follow it. People who like clean energy can follow it. That's all it takes is some thinking and getting outside of your day-to-day routine and then acting on it. At the end of the day, I do want a response. I want to find out why this happened a little bit more in detail. I didn't get very far, but the decision was done. I'm not going to wait till December 31st. I pulled it ahead of time. And those are just going to sit dormant. I think I've got coin dust. So if you have a fraction of a pennies that's not even worth moving, that's going to sit around. And I'd be curious to know if that account dissolves. Maybe I need to open up an account in another country. There's no reason why not. Like you can open a Delaware Corp and invest through there. But at the same time, Binance and US don't get along either. US is very heavily regulated where Binance.com doesn't work. I think it's actually Binance.us. There's a separate Binance platform. So this is how regulation is being circumvented by these platforms trying to break into these markets. This could also be a China versus Western world. You've got things like TikTok being banned on and off. You've got China having the top apps in the app store in the Western world, but we're all banned in China. You don't have Google in China. You don't have Facebook. They've got Baidu. They've got their own WeChat. And these are governmental decisions that they decide are important for national security. I've heard this brought up before. Why is it fair to have China collecting data on Westerners, but not vice versa. It's not a shared commodity. So if I had to guess, besides the superficial line of the whole, we want to stop money laundering, or we want to protect people from losing their money, I would guess and say, it's more related to these national security things that could have more implications. Very simply put, Ontario is half of Canada. That's how it is for car sales. To me, it's like Canada saying no more Chinese business. And there's the Huawei tension with the executive who is held for extradition to the States, for being an alleged spy. You had two Canadians who were put, I think, to the death penalty for drugs, which seems very retaliatory and 
this is the modern day warfare between trade wars and intellectual wars. You have the wars of the internet and internet is power. If internet is what empowers people by taking that away, it disenfranchises people. What if this is someone's identity who all they do is Binance and they're from Ontario, 20 years old, don't have a job and that's how they make their money or they're learning. And now you took that from them. What are they going to go do? Learn online and overpay for a degree they don't want? None of that makes sense. So I think this is definitely worth talking about. I think these kind of town hall meetings are important where people should be aware of what's going on. And if government is actively deciding how you're going to live your life and what your earning potential is, I think it gets very dangerous very fast. Is there even any other platforms that are as good as Binance? To be honest, I've used only one and it wasn't bad. But like I mentioned, it has nowhere near the number of coins that Binance has and doesn't have as many services that Binance does. So like you mentioned, it's such a great tool. So do you know of any other platforms that are even close to what Binance has to offer? Short answer is no. I remember the first time I ever bought Bitcoin was on this one man show website called QuickBT. And you could put in your debit card and get Bitcoin. They would transfer it to an online wallet. I use blockchain.info. It was the premier Bitcoin wallet that was online and not something you had to host. So the innovations were quick to buy, but then it wasn't merged with where you can store it. And I wanted to store it, look at it on my phone, log in and be happy. I have some Bitcoin. So I would kind of do that. And then over time, a couple of years later, the craze came back and I was like, okay, well, now I got to see what's modern. So I went to Coinbase, which was US. They've IPO'd, as we said. Coinbase is very clean in terms of UI. They've got things like vaults, almost like a two-factor authentication. So if theft is high on things like Coinbase or crypto exchanges, you have a second level of authentication, which is your cell phone, which is totally hackable, by the way. People will social engineer and get your cell phone number and call in and say, I got a new SIM. Can you change my SIM? And then hijack your cell phone and then log into your account anyways. So it's not like these technologies are infallible by any means. But at the same time, Coinbase is trying to innovate. They added things like vaults. So if someone wants to debit your crypto, they can't just debit it. They have to unlock it, I think, after, let's say, three business days out of this vault and then reprocess it. So it gives you time to contact customer support and say, this was not me, this was not authorized. So pretty clever if you ask me. They've got other coins on there, but they don't have all of them. A lot of the ones that are memefied, they don't have Dogecoin. They just added it recently, I think on Coinbase Pro. And it takes time. So it's almost like you go to one bank and they only have US dollar, Great British Pound and Canadian dollar, but you don't have the Bahraini Dinar. You don't have all these other coins that are accessible. They choose not to adopt them all. So CoinSquare is quite similar. You get some of these legacy currencies and you get things like Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, XRP, Dogecoin, the basics, but you don't have some of these other ones either. And I remember when I was thinking of where to access these coins, I was like, okay, I want to get something that's not totally black market, but something that has more. And Binance was the obvious choice. So I went through the approval process. I got my account verified. And that's, I think, ultimately what bothers me too, is if you have a problem with specific accounts, deal with it. CoinSquare had a, the CRA wanted to make sure everyone got taxed. So I was in the batch of people that had to I've always reported my taxes. I think it's good practice. You want to learn and grow the right way instead of wake up one day with a crazy tax bill. But at the end of the day, this is what happens with innovation. There's these 
times where governments have to get involved and say, okay, well, people aren't paying their taxes. We need to know who they are. And legally, if you're a public operating business, the government can't. You're within the confines of the government. That makes sense. Like the government should be able to say, you're in this country, what's going on? If you're a legal business transacting, especially in financial services. So the difference was they gave a certain percent of their people to give insight into that. And you could probably debate the legality of that, but I'm not going to go into detail. But at the same time, I can still use Coinsware, but I can't use Binance. I think that is the big mistake, which is people who do business in good faith in an innovative space, you don't shut Uber drivers income if they're insured and all these other things. I think it's a dangerous system because what happens when government closes down, people emigrate, people will leave. Maybe I'll move to the States, maybe I'll move to a different province. And all of a sudden, Ontario loses some brain power. Ontario loses some of the best innovation. Don't forget, Ethereum's from Ontario, it's from Toronto. One of the top two, three leading currencies in the world, which could become the top leading currency. So imagine if the Ontario government invested in Ethereum at launch instead of banning platforms. What kind of position would it be? Its deficit would have been paid off. $400 billion or so could have likely been paid off. El Salvador's got the right approach. They're into volcanic mining. They're into innovation. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And I'm not going to get too political. I don't want to muddy the waters, but I will say that nine times out of 10, if you choose innovation over regulation, innovation wins most of the time. Yeah, we really need to just find clarity on the situation. Again, there's nothing of it online and it's quite frustrating. It's not that it shouldn't be banned or it should be, but why is it? That's the main question. A platform that's used worldwide. I just hope it's not political, as you mentioned, that's you bring very good points on both sides of the coin, right? So from the Western side and from perhaps China's side. So we just need to know and having that clarity would really at least open our eyes because it can't be just the crypto reason. You have CoinSquare, you have Coinbase, and these are crypto platforms in North America that are being used and not being banned. So it is not the cryptocurrency argument that's basically stopping them. It must be something else. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.